Hi friends, good morning and welcome. I'm Micah, this is Sarah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks for inviting us into your home, into your place, uh, as we explore scripture together this morning. We are so excited to be here in the season of Advent. So this is the second week of Advent, and Advent is a season of preparation, of waiting, of anticipation for the coming of Jesus. So it's the four weeks leading up to Christmas in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And Advent is also about anticipating and preparing for and waiting for the second coming of Jesus, when all will be made well, when all will be healed and whole. And so we invite that. And I also like to remember in this season that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is continually coming and present and here with us. So last week we talked about hope as this waiting expectantly on God. And this week we're going to talk about peace. All right. Before we dig in, though, ponder this with me for just a moment. Have you ever seen someone experience road rage or (laughs) have you ever experienced it yourself? Right. What typically happens is uh, someone gets cut off in traffic or someone's Mm -hmm. following too close and it triggers a person. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they begin acting uh, more dangerously Mm -hmm. and irately than what caused the situation to begin. Mm -hmm. There's a rage that takes over in that moment. It doesn't just happen in driving. I mean, there's uh, moments in life. Have you ever just felt that that fury? Um, and, you know, well, it happens to individuals. I, I think there's also some extent to which the world operates on this rage. We see wars and we see hurt and sickness and people taking advantage of others. And we see all of these things happening in the world. And what's interesting is today we're going to explore the Advent subject of peace. And what we're going to describe is that God, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, has brought a peace to this world that is the antithesis of what we so often see, the rage and the things that we experience in the world. So we're going to talk today about this peace brought through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So we're going to look at a lot of different scriptures today, but we wanted to start off with a definition of peace. So what is peace? And and what is the biblical definition for peace? And so there are two main words in the Bible used for peace. First, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom means to be made whole, to be, to be complete. Um, it refers to, to well-being and security. So this is the idea of shalom, mainly to be whole, to be well, to be complete. And then the second word that's used in the Bible uh, of the two main words is the Greek word irene. And irene has this connotation of rest and security. And so it can it can mean different things in different settings. It can refer to this internal calm and tranquility that's based or comes from our relationship with God, a relationship of goodwill between God and humanity. And it can also refer to a social reality, a state of reconciliation and wholeness of relationship between people. So the word shalom and irene, which are the two primary words translated as peace, have to do with wholeness, with wellness, with reconciliation, with calm, and um, a state of reconciliation. Okay, so 
Peace is spoken of throughout the Bible, and we're going to hone in on some of the New Testament concepts uh, revolving around Jesus as our peace. In fact, at his birth, in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, we read this, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Wholeness, completeness, peace. To those upon whom Jesus' favor rests. When I hear that, I'm like, yay, yes, I mm-hmm. want that. So as we talk about peace, we're going to talk about peace in three different categories. The idea of peace with God, peace with ourselves or within ourselves, and peace with others. And Jesus' desire is to bring peace um, on earth in each of these categories. So we're going to start off with peace between us and God, peace between humanity and God. So we're going to read from Romans 5, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. This is a fascinating passage to me, and I'm not sure I'd fully realized this until recently as I've, I've been studying it. Um, but it, it speaks of peace in terms of our salvation, mm-hmm. right? So what this passage talks about is having been justified through faith. Typically, when we think of salvation and justification by faith, we think of heaven or an escape far off uh, sometime in the future. And uh, that's often the conversation that revolves around salvation. Uh, Not only do I think there's a broader conversation to be had about uh, heaven on earth, that is your kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But additionally, this says that that's salvation, that uh, you've been justified through faith So that now you have peace with God, wholeness in relationship, nearness to God. Nothing else will divide because we now have peace with God. That is the hope of our justification through faith. I love that. This idea of wholeness and reconciliation, whereas sin breaks our relationship with God, Jesus restores that relationship. And so through faith, through the surrendering to Jesus and believing in Jesus, Jesus then makes us whole and restores us. And, and I love here that, that Paul, who writes this, is very specific that we gain access by faith into this grace, that this is freely given gift. This is a grace. This is not something that we have earned or that uh, we merit, but rather that through Jesus, we have peace and God brings us in close. Very good. So in Romans 5, we see one of the examples of uh, Scripture speaking to this idea of peace has been been made between us and God. Uh, Second category that we want to glance at a verse or two about is peace within, that God is giving Mm -hmm. us peace. And one of those iconic passages on the subject is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
I mean, there's so much in there that we could talk about. We're going to focus specifically on this idea of peace. And what I find interesting in this passage is how Paul is contrasting anxiety with peace. He says, you know, rejoice, don't be anxious, but instead through prayer, come to God and the peace of God you will receive the peace of God. And here it's referring to peace in terms of the, the state of internal tranquility that comes in our relationship with God. And so, you know, I think about think about my life. I think about our community, the world right now. There is so much that we could be anxious about. There, there are many things that are hard and complicated. And here we see an invitation instead of, of, of dwelling in that anxiety to come to God in prayer and in trust and in openness and to allow the the peace of God to guard our hearts and our minds. Yeah. And I love this phrase in here, a peace that passes understanding. It's such a powerful statement because like yeah. you're speaking of what's happening in the world around us or maybe in our family, sickness or, you know, politics or whatever is getting at mm-hmm. us right now. Um, and, and add up all those things. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine anxiety would be the state of operating, the state of being. And yet this describes a peace that passes understanding. When everything mm-hmm. adds up to chaos, chaos around us, God, through the Holy Spirit, can and will give us a peace beyond our understanding in that moment. There's another scripture I want to go to in John 14, where Jesus um, speaks of peace with his disciples. And this is what Jesus has to say in John 14, starting in verse 25. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Okay, so Jesus is describing to his closest followers that he'll be leaving soon, right? And he's saying, but I won't leave you alone. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. My peace I'm going to leave with you. And then he makes this really interesting statement. I don't give as the world gives. You see, what the language of this text is describing like an inheritance, right? Uh, a parent passing away and leaving to their family all their possessions and their wealth. And Jesus is saying, but I don't leave the same things that the, that the world leaves, okay? What I leave for you is far better than gold or possessions or homes. I leave with you the Holy Spirit. I leave with you my peace. And I love how um, he links peace to the Holy Spirit. So, so the Holy Spirit is the agent of our peace. God's presence within us and around us and in this world, guiding us, teaching us, transforming us, producing the fruits of the spirits, one of which is peace. And so, so the Holy Spirit in us is the agent of our peace. And for me, this is really freeing and this is really comforting. You know, I don't, everyone's personality is so different. And for me, um, I'm, I'm a little bit anxious at times. I'm one of those people that gets worried about worrying too much or gets stressed (laughs) about being too stressed. So it's not productive. I don't recommend it, but it is kind of how I tend to go at times. And I love 
I love this passage because Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit in you will bring peace, will produce peace in you. So for us, I see this as an invitation for, for myself, for all of us to pray and to continually open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and say, yes, Lord, I want more of you in my life, more of the fruits of the spirits, more peace. Absolutely. Okay. So then uh, as we zoom back out, we're looking at, uh, this is a season of Advent. Jesus has come and Jesus is coming. And with Jesus comes peace, right? And so we've explored uh, peace with God, peace uh, within. And now let's take a moment to look at peace amongst humanity, peace mm -hmm. with others. So Ephesians chapter 2 is a pretty remarkable passage on this subject. Ephesians 2 verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by set, setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came to preach peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. What a powerful statement in here that Jesus himself is our peace and that his purpose was to create one new humanity making peace. And I love this. So here, Paul specifically talking about the Jew and Gentile division that existed in the first century. But we can take this passage and apply it in a broader sense where, where Jesus is, is our peace. So Jesus is about tearing down walls of division and hostility. Jesus's purpose was to create one new humanity under under him and this humanity be, would be one that, that is living peacefully mm -hmm. together in harmony in community looking out for each other and i want to point out here that um sometimes we gloss over this and say jesus is our peace so we need to live at peace with each other without acknowledging that the process of bringing about peace can often is and probably should be for many of us uncomfortable and involves conflict and it involves the resolution of conflict, working through that and, and coming to a healthy and whole, whole. as we th think about peace as far as a whole and healthy and well relationship with one another. So Jesus is our peace and he is making peace between people who are not living peacefully together. Now, a first century audience uh, struggled probably mm -hmm. to hear these words of the author of Ephesians. Um, this, because he speaks to equality. Mm -hmm. That group and you are equal, right? And though we might think in different terms or have different groups, I think there is a reality that we live in a world that's much better at putting up walls and dividing than we are about mm -hmm. coming together. And he speaks in this passage of equality. Uh, he kind of pins this whole idea of, so you can live in peace on this final statement that we read here. Uh, peace is possible because we all have access to the Father through the Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
He says there is this equality. Whoever it is that you find yourself struggling to live in peaceful relationship with, he says, remember this. They have the same access to your heavenly father as you do through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to all humanity. And in that we find some sort of equity and equality that can and should lead us towards peaceful relationships with other people. That's the foundation, right? Mm. Jesus is the foundation for building that. So we've we've been looking at peace. You know, pe- Jesus brings peace with God. Jesus brings peace within. And uh, Jesus is is this, the foundation for peace with other people. And so now we want to ask, so as Jesus followers, as people here, and the 21st century, as we follow Jesus, what are we called to? And we want to Im- invite um, us to think about being called to choose a posture of peace in our world, in our life today. I want to look at one more story in Luke 10, one more passage. And it's the story of Jesus sending out the 72 disciples. He sends them out two by two to all the towns that he's about to go visit. Um, and so he sends them out to, to preach and here's what he tells them um, in verse two. He's, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Then jumping down to verse five, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. I think this is a remarkable story and one that I'd like to spend a lot more time in. But for today, we're just going to look at it briefly. Um, What I love about this text is it describes Jesus sending his people out on mission. So no longer will the ministry primarily revolve around Jesus' own teachings and Jesus uh, healing people, but instead he's sending out mm-hmm. his people. Now, we, the church, have inherited this this sending, this calling uh, to go out and to share the good news. And we call this missions sometimes. And sadly, there are periods in church history where missions has been done in horrific ways and combined with colonization and uh, the forcing mm-hmm. of people to come to faith. None of that looks like the way of Jesus. What's described here in Luke 10 for us is this idea uh, that Jesus sends people of peace out into the world to find people of peace and to exist in harmony together. That that is the way mission would flow from his people to others in a peaceful posture. So bullhorn guy, you're doing it wrong. That's not the peaceful way of Jesus. He says, go and find people of peace Mm -hmm. and let your peace rest there. Live in harmony and peace together and share this good news. The kingdom of God is coming. So we're in the second week of Advent. In Advent, we invite and, and anticipate the coming of Jesus. And Jesus is called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah. Jesus has ushered peace into this world. Peace has come. Peace is coming and continues to come. Peace with God, internal peace, and also um, peace with each other. And so today we are invited to choose a posture of peace, to be people of peace, like you said, um, 
And I want to invite you to just reflect on those three categories of peace in your life right now. I mean, maybe there's parts of our relationship with God that, that needs some peace. Maybe there's some brokenness there. There's places of resistance where we're not quite aligning ourselves or we're not quite saying yes to God there. And so I invite you to think about those places in your relationship mm -hmm. with God um, this week and in the coming weeks. And as we think about that second category, maybe there's situations in which we are just dwelling in anxiety, where anxiety is taking over. We are invited to trust and to pray and let the receive God's peace and let God's mm -hmm. peace that passes understanding guard our hearts and our minds. And I also invite you to think about relationships in your life. And, and sometimes a closer one or easier to pinpoint. We're entering into and have been in the season of holidays. We're going to be spending a lot of time with family members. You know, are there some relationships there that need mending? I invite us to bring that before God, um, even before the holidays and ask God, what does peace look like in this relationship? What does being a person of peace mean for me in this relationship? And then in a broader context, looking at our community, the Tri-Cities as a whole, looking at our nation and our world and asking God, what does it look like for me to follow the Prince of Peace as a person of peace? Mm. Let's pray about that. God, thank you for this day and this time that we have to open your word and to uh, listen to what you have for us. Thank you for a season in which um, we await uh, with anticipation Jesus coming and celebrating both his birth and the knowledge that he will come again. And in this season, God, uh, as Jesus has ushered peace into the world, may we live into that peace. God, I pray that you will um, place within us through your Holy Spirit um, just a supernatural peace uh, that is... Um, that, that's that's known, that's mm -hmm. seen by others. God, I pray uh, that we can be people of peace, um, bringing good news and hope in this world around us. Thank you that uh, we live in a peaceable and whole relationship with you. Pray that you will help mm -hmm. us to do so with others as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you have a wonderful week. Bye.